You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, September 24th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. The Locked On NFL Draft podcast has relaunched. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Jets are in Denver this weekend to take on the Broncos. And joining me today to preview the game, my good friend, David Wyatt. David has written at my website, ganggreennation.com, for a long time. David, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this game. No worries at all. I'm really looking forward to the game. Um, can't wait to go through a few matchups, see what's, uh, what the interesting bits are. Well, I guess we have to begin by talking about Zach Wilson. And last weekend, when I previewed the game with Michael Nania, we were talking about how Wilson was coming off a good game. He played pretty effectively against the Carolina Panthers, overcame some adversity as the team around him was not all that effective. Kind of the opposite situation in this game where the rest of the Jets roster for the most part played pretty well, but Wilson was having an ugly game. Hopefully we're going to see a big bounce back effort. What are you looking for from Wilson this weekend? I think, I think we're just looking to see if he's learned from his mistakes from last weekend. Um, I think that's the absolute key with, with Zach. I think he was a little bit amped up last weekend, home crowd, home debut, and those mistakes just snowballed a little bit. So, you know, you, you listen to Coach Salah, it's like, it's okay to play a boring game. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing to look at Zach this week is, is he going to take that easy check down if it's there instead of trying to push it down the field? Um, I think it was Connor Hughes had a really good question yesterday. It's it how do you kind of get him to play a safer game without taking away his natural playmaking ability? And I think that kind of balance is going to be really key and really interesting to watch from, from Mike LeFleur this week to see how he handles that. You're right. That is a great question because I've seen this through the years. Jets have a young quarterback. He goes out and makes mistakes. And then the response is to take any sort of downfield passing out of the game plan. And that's just not going to work with Wilson. I mean, the reason you drafted him was his playmaking ability. You want him to take shots down the field. You just want him to pick his spots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's it. That's what comes with reps as well. It's kind of seeing those situations and when's a good time to take a shot downfield and when's the good time to just pick up the third down and, and keep the chains moving. Um, and I think that second inception was a perfect example of that. You know, you, Elijah Moore streaking across the field. It's an easy pitch and catch. It'll get the first, it's first down, it'll keep the chains moving and then you're in a better field position to take a shot downfield and if it gets turned over, at least the field position's a little bit better. So, you know, I think it's just going to be interesting. I hope he doesn't go into a shell. I hope, I hope he doesn't have some shackles on him and he's, only you know throwing six air yards per attempt i want to see him still push the ball downfield but just make better choices about when to do that yeah and i've never coached in the nfl so i'm not sure how plausible of an idea this is but what i'm looking for is not for us to go into brian schottenheimer mark sanchez mode where they're telling him don't throw a risky pass or we're not going to throw the ball past five six yards but maybe 
if you see a wide open receiver in the flat, just throw it to him. Don't try and push it down the field. Maybe something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to see a traffic light system. I don't want to see you know people holding up red traffic lights on the sideline trying to stop him from doing his natural game. Because like you said, that's where the Jets drafted him. It's his off-platform stuff. It's when he escapes the pocket and he still keeps his eyes downfield. And you kind of got to remember that in the preseason against Green Bay, he had one of those players where he kind of escaped the pocket, he kept his eyes downfield and found Corey Davis for a 40, 50-yard completion. So you don't want to take that away because then that kind of stifles him as a player. But, you know, he has to be more more intelligent with the ball. And I think, you know, it's his second game. We had to expect that there were going to be issues like this. How does he learn? That's the that's the big key that's going to happen. If he keeps making the same mistakes week in and week out, I'll start getting a little bit concerned. Right now, I'm not concerned at all by what I saw on Sunday. You know, it's natural rookie pains. And you kind of have a look at Trevor Lawrence. He's He's not particularly doing well. I think he's had five interceptions as well. Justin Fields looked a bit shaky as well when he came in for, for Dalton at the weekend. Coming in as a rookie and playing in the NFL is not easy. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about Zach. I mean, are you, any concerns from you about Zach yet? I was a little worried about some of the stuff I saw in that game, but I think it's inconclusive. As you said, it's one game, and as bad as that was, and that was really bad, and I'll got to be honest with you, even though I preached all offseason, there are going to be some games where he looks terrible. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> At the same time, it's one game, and I can point to any number of quarterbacks who looked like they did not belong in the NFL after one game. So... I mean, I, I don't know about you, David. I, I just can't write Zach Wilson off after one game. I think it's like you said. It's about, is he going to grow? Is he going to end the throwing to covered receivers? And listen, there are still going to be some ugly games. I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to go through the rest of the season without throwing an, an interception. In fact, you know, in some ways, I think this is kind of a tough matchup for Zach. But am I concerned? I mean, to an extent, I'm concerned. But am I writing Zach Wilson off? Am I saying he's a bust? Am I regretting the that the trade of Sam Darnold to Carolina? No, I think it's way too early for any of those comments. Yeah, so yeah I mean, that doesn't stop some people making those comments, but um, I completely agree. I think it is too early. It was a rough hour, and it was, it was difficult to watch, and, and you did a great breakdown of the interceptions um, afterwards, and I imagine it was even more difficult to watch the, the replay. Because um, there were basic things that he just wasn't doing very well, but it's it's yeah it's far too early. But like you said, this this Denver defense isn't exactly a gimme, so it's going to be another tough tough week, especially on the road. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he does from a mental perspective, but from an execution perspective as well. Absolutely, let's talk about this Denver defense a little bit, and it is a tough matchup. And there are people in the NFL who will tell you that if you have a rookie quarterback. The last coach you want him to go against is Bill Belichick. And the second to last coach you want him to go against is Vic Fangio because Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach, is a brilliant defensive mind and Wilson's getting them back to back. And I think you also have to be worried because the Broncos do have one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL in Von Miller. The Jets do get a bit of a reprieve though because the other top-notch pass rusher Denver has is Bradley Chubb, and he's out for the game. He's suffered an injury. How do you think the Jets deal with Von Miller? And maybe is life a little bit easier without Chubb? It, it's certainly easier, but Von Miller is kind of, you, you're never going to stop him. It's how do you kind of slow him down a little bit? Um, 
and I think it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really, like you say, he's one of the premier rushers in the in the NFL. His speed to power ratio, his just his bends around. The, I'm I'm nervous about it. Um, usually he kind of lines up against the right tackle, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a few reps out at George Fant because I think he's susceptible to the speed around the edge. So you know, I imagine they are going to keep a tight end into to give him kind of like a little wham block, get him off his his line a little bit. But can you can you really stop Von Miller? Can this offensive line stop Von Miller? I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. That that really worries me. I think absolutely. And the one thing I'd say, David, I hope you appreciate hardball questions like the one I just asked you. Will it be easier for the Jets without Bradley Chubb in there? I mean, that that must have been a very difficult one to answer. <laughs> but I do think it, it one thing that helps with Chubb out there is it makes it a little bit easier to slide your protection towards Miller and it makes it easier to leave a tight end in and maybe use somebody to chip against Miller and that's where where I think a guy like Chubb can be really dangerous because when you're focusing all your attention on Miller that leaves him a one-on-one that can be very difficult and for the Jets that one-on-one would probably be against George Fant who I did not think played great against New England. And I, I think I'm alone in that because I think, you know, lots of analysis has been on how Fant played well. I think his pro football focus grade was pretty good. I, I was not that impressed by the game Fant played against New England. I mean, that's debatable, but I think we all know that George Fant against Bradley Chubb would be a difficult matchup. And at least now, if you get Von Miller, you can give Fant a little bit more help without worrying quite as much about what happens on the other side. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't know if the the fan praise comes from just how bad Van Roten looked because he he looked absolutely terrible against um, New England. And I think Fan just did enough. He kind of almost, you know, Zach did a good job kind of sliding away from the pressure, but he by no means kept him kept him clean or kept him without having some pressure in his face. Um, but I think you know Denver are a little bit banged up as well because obviously they they're missing Chubb. I think they put Jewel on on IR as well. He's going to be out for the game with a pec injury. And he's had a really good start to the season as well from a from a coverage perspective, from a pass rush perspective. And I think they're missing Ronald Darby as well. So they're missing one of their main cornerbacks. So there is a little bit of hope there for the Jets. And I think you're right. It does just allow us to put a little bit more um, Von Miller's way just to try and slow him down. But if you kind of if you keep him to a one sack, two, three hurry, two hit game, you've kind of done a relatively good job. And because that's how good Von Miller is. And part of this is the Jets need to establish the run, which is pretty much generic football analyst speak. But it's true in this game, and it's true for the Jets in this system. Ultimately, you don't want to put Zach Wilson in long yardage situations because, first of all, those are situations which are more susceptible to a quarterback trying to force things and make mistakes. But also, you don't want to give Von Miller a chance to pin back his ears and go up the field. You want to force Denver to have to consider the uh, the option of the run. You want to keep the Jets ahead of the sticks. You don't want to fall behind. And last week, the Jets did a pretty good job running the ball. The offensive line controlled the trenches, which is not something you could say about many Jets offensive lines over the last few years. So it's not just on Zach Wilson. It's not just on the Jets to contain Vaughn Miller in the pass rush. It's also to keep yourselves in good situations so that the playbook remains open and available to the Jets in every situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You don't want Zach getting into third and tens or third and fifteens. And and that kind of caused some of the issues at the weekend was he was getting into long 
third downs on occasions. He was trying to get those chunk yardage back. He was trying to make those plays to make up for the interceptions. And that's just a really dangerous game to play against against Denver. I mean, it's not going to be easy to run on them. They have a couple of good interior guys like Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris who, who are good against the run. So, you know, but taking positives from, from New England, how good did Michael Carter look? I mean, it was, it was great to see him get more touches. And I thought he, he played a great game. His kind of centre of gravity, his low centre of gravity, just allowed him to pick up those extra yards. So I'm really hopeful that, that Michael Carter will get a few more touches again this week. And, and let's see what he can do if he, he gets into a bit of a rhythm. Absolutely. And especially in that New England game, you could see where he really fits this Mike LaFleur zone blocking system well. Very decisive, got up the field quickly. Very impressive performance, I think, by the rookie Michael Carter. Now, a guy who was not that impressive against New England and needs a bounce back game is Corey Davis. And Davis was a guy, another player who was great in week one and very shaky in week two, had a tough time against JC Jackson in his matchup what are you looking for this week from Corey Davis I think first thing is to make those difficult catches um I'm not the person I'm not kind of putting the inceptions on Corey Davis because they were poorly throwing balls and it was ill-advised to put them there but if you're a wide receiver one you, you know you have to at least make it difficult um come down with those improbable completions but I think you know he just needs to gain that little bit of separation you know, it's, it sounds easy enough, but it's it's not necessarily going to be easy. He's probably going to be going against Patrick Satan, um, who uh, is their first round pick out of Alabama, who's who started his career really well. Um, I've been really impressed. I, I was watching the Jacksonville game, and I know it's Jacksonville, but I don't know if we're <laughs> we're in a position where we can say, "Oh, it's just Jacksonville." So it's not going to be easy. Um, but he's got all the tools. We saw it in Week One. We saw it in Tennessee. He has got the tools. He had a down game, um, but he's more than capable of bouncing back and bouncing back in a big way. So, you know, just just get off the line quick. Give the rookie just some issues. Get a bit physical with him. Let's see um, Let's see if Zach can find him. I think it's a rhythm thing as well with those two. If they get one early, they'll get two, they'll get three, and it'll just, it'll just go. And I think if we've got Crowder back, if Keelan Cole can get into the game a little bit more, because he was active last week, but he didn't really get into the game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the team do with Denzel Mims this week. You know, rumor is he's going to be inactive again. Um, the Jets have got plenty of receiving options, and while Sertain's good, and they've got Kareem Jackson as safety, who's very good coverage safety, I think they can be exploited at especially the second and inside inside areas um, in terms of the Jets receivers against their cornerbacks. This is a tough matchup for the Jets on offense. Let's hope they're eating their Built Bars to get ready for this game. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. There are nine delicious flavors. And if you have not yet tried all the flavors and and you're not sure what you like, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of all nine flavors. Not only are these flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. So order today at built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. Now let's talk about the other side of the ball. Denver's quarterback is, is he considered a former Jet? It's uh, Teddy Bridgewater who signed with the Jets in the 2018 offseason, but was traded before the season began for a third-round pick to New Orleans. So he never really played a game. He played a couple of preseason games. David, something that was interesting I found when I was researching this game is Teddy's actually kind of been airing the ball out this year. He is average 
air yards per attempt is pretty high, which is interesting because he's got the reputation for just being a pure checkdown artist who's afraid to push the ball down the field. It was so interesting because I, I was kind of saying to a friend of mine, I was like, you know, the Jets have gone up against their third kind of dink and dunk quarterback. You know, you, you had Sam Donald in week one checking down to CMC. Mac Jones was just doing enough. And I did exactly the same. I was researching Teddy Bridgewater before this thinking, oh, I know Teddy. You know, he's been in the league long enough for you to have an idea about the kind of player he is. And I saw that he's has the most attempts at 20 yards or plus in the NFL, which to me is insane because that's that's not Teddy's game. Um, obviously, he likes going to Cortland Sutton. I saw the 55-yard completion um, on Sunday against the Jags. But Teddy's, Teddy's just started the season on fire, hasn't he? He's got no interceptions. He's, you know, he's really good under pressure. He's got 121.9 passer rating when being pressured and a completion percentage of 78.6, which is just an insane numbers when you're under pressure. So, and he is under pressure quite a lot. And that's probably something we should talk about is, is Denver's offensive line by no means is, is a good unit. They are similar, not quite as bad as the Jets have been, but they have been pretty poor to start the season as well. So it's going to be interesting. But did you expect Teddy Bridgewater to be leading the, leading the league in 20-yard passing attempts after two weeks? If you asked me, form, kind of former Jet Teddy Bridgewater would not be leading the league in 20-yard in passing. Right, can, can we get a ruling on this? Does he count as a former Jet? I think he's got to play at least one preseason game to, or one regular season game to be counted as a Jet. Well, there's the ruling. So we will not call him former Jet Teddy Bridgewater for the rest of this show. But David, let's get into what you were discussing, the Denver offensive line versus this Jets defensive front. Is there any matchup in particular you have your eyes on as one the Jets might be able to exploit? Yeah, I think in the interior, and I'm reluctant to say this because I said something similar against um, Carolina when you know you looked at their interior line and you were kind of that doesn't look great. But you're kind of looking at Denver, and I, I watched the Jags game yesterday just in preparation for a few bits today. And Dalton Risner, their their left guard, he was just getting pushed back constantly. Like his power, his anchor was all over the place. And I just think against people like Sheldon Rankins and Quinn and Williams inside. You know, Dalton Risner and, and Lloyd Cushenberry, who's their, their center. I think there's there's opportunity to kind of get into Teddy's face and, and get into the run game as well. Because you don't want them getting their run game going. You know, they've got Melvin Gordon, they've got Javante Williams. So they've got plenty of talent in the running game. But I just see that interior offensive line as being an area that the Jets can potentially exploit with the with the talent we've got and the problems they're experiencing so far. I think. I think Teddy's been pressured on 34.2% of his dropbacks. So that's a considerable number. Um, so there's definitely something there to exploit. Now, when not former Jets quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is throwing the ball, he's going to be without Jerry Judy. So it looks like Cortland Sutton is going to be his go-to guy, a former SMU prospect who has a, 10 catches at 173 yards through the first two games. So he's off to a good beginning to his season. But matchup I'm interested in is Noah Fant versus the Jets linebacker core in the middle of the field. And this is an interesting test for the Jets. CJ Mosley had a big bounce back game last weekend against New England. But there's a lot I'm not sure about with this linebacking core beyond Mosley. And I think that this is an interesting barometer for where this group is right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Noah Fan's got got a load of talent. CJ Mosley, I think, has had a really good start to the season. But 
outside of CJ, the rest of the Jets kind of linebackers have been pretty quiet. You know, obviously we didn't have Sherwood last week and the hope is that we will get him back this week. But Hamza was quite quiet. I don't really know what we've got there yet um, just because he hasn't stood out in, in any one area. Um, Delshawn Phillips is a guy you wrote about for special teams, but he's now been added to the active roster. So I wonder if we see a little bit of him. You know, Quincy Williams had that good hit on on the check down on, on Sunday. But outside of that, I didn't, you know, the linebackers are just a bit of a mystery to me. I'm not sure what we've got. Um, so this is going to be a, a great kind of test for them because they've got no offense. And the other question is, can these Jets corners continue to play effectively? I think that's been the pleasant surprise of the first two weeks. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that was my biggest concern going in was with the cornerbacks. But Michael Carr, the seconds played really well. Uh, Brandon Eccles has played really well. You know, Bryce Hall, I, I tweeted about him the other day because I think he's he's given up something like two receptions all year. Um, he's not really been targeted. But if you if you watch the All-22, he's doing a great job sticking with with receivers. So um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm really impressed with what I've seen at Michael Carr, the second. Cause I, I, before the season, I thought Isaiah Dunn was going to be the second um, corner because it seemed like he was getting a lot of playing time, a lot of hype. But it seems to be Brandon Eccles and, and Michael Carr has done a good job inside with Javelin Guidry as well. So, you know, do you think they can keep this up or is this is this a false dawn based on a couple of quarterbacks who are played a lot in front of them? I do think they can keep it up. Maybe not to the extent we've seen the first two weeks, but I just think the scheme doesn't ask a lot out of your corners. And I think that's maybe why they approached the position the way they did. They're not playing a ton of press cover. Now, situationally, things change, but... I think their base defense is kind of like a soft cover three, which you're not asking your corners to cover a lot of ground. And as you mentioned, I, I mean, I was shocked when I watched the film, how good Michael Carter, the second was, I, it, I didn't pick up on that in real time, but he was great in coverage. He was flying to the football. He was making plays. And this is a defense where I think they're going to be willing to concede the underneath completion. And if you're going to do that, you have to be able to get to the football and be good tackling. And so far, these corners have done the jobs. So, I mean, do I expect them to shut down receivers to the extent they have the first two weeks? I mean, I think as the season goes on and they face some tougher matchups, you'll see some growing pains. But I do think to some extent this is sustainable, and I don't have the same concerns that I did entering the year. No, so this this week I think is going to be the big test for me because if, if Teddy does continue to air it out, air out, air out Teddy, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play when they've got a they've got their back to the quarterback and they've got to go towards their own end zone and see how they play the ball in the air. So I think this is going to be a really interesting week. Um, Cortland Sutton's going to be difficult to, to to slow down. You know, he had 156 yards last week. He's he's a good player. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how the, the cornerbacks, I think this is their first true test of the season. In a minute, David and I are going to make our picks for this week three game. Now, if you're like me, you wish you could begin the season over because I have picked both Jets games incorrectly so far. Both weeks I picked the Jets to win and they lost. Well, Run Your Pool has your back if you're like me. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. And they offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Confidence Pools, and more. And they have formats for NFL and college football with one-week games. So if you got your picks wrong like me, you don't have to worry. You can just move on to the next week. And unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. 
it's not too late to start a pick him or a survivor pool, which is great for me because, again, I picked the Jets wrong both weeks. Check him out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. Don't miss out. The NFL season is off to an exciting start. So go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. And if you're putting money on your predictions this year, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. All right, David, well, it's time to make predictions. Do you think the Jets get their first win of the season this Sunday in Denver? I would love to say yes, but I just I, I can't see it. Um, going to mile highs, it's always a difficult journey. It's always difficult to play in that environment. I think it'll be close. I think it, you know, I don't by any means think Denver are going to blow us away. Um, I think their defense will keep it close, but I think it's going to be a, a one-score loss. I agree. I would love to pick the Jets here. I picked the Jets the first two weeks, and even though they maybe look bad, I do think there's hope for this team. I do think that as the season goes on, you're going to see some victories. It does look to me like this is an improved football team, but I hate going to Denver. The altitude, the crowd's always loud. Even when the Broncos aren't good, I feel like that's a tough place to go into. Even when you get a win, you feel like it was a difficult game, and this looks like a good Broncos team. This is a tough matchup for the Jets. This defense against an offense that's still going through some growing pains. I, I'm with you. I do think the Jets play better. I do think they'll be competitive, but I also like Denver in this game. Yeah, you just got to go for the um, the little victories for the Jets at the minute. I'm, I'm exactly with you. I've, I've got a lot of hope with this team. I, I do think it's a team that can grow. I do think it's a team that will gradually improve through the season. I said around about six wins at the start of the year, and I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I still think we will win some games, but I think the wins will be quite backloaded on the season once we've played a few games together. And, you know, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what Denver are as a team. You know, they beat the Giants and they beat the Jaguars. So are they as, as good as that 2-0 record, or is it thanks to playing a couple of poor opponents? Um, maybe we won't find out this week because, um, you know, we're an 0-2 team as well. But Denver's quite an interesting team to watch this year. They're in a very tough division, so... I'm just looking forward to getting first-hand eyes on them and seeing if uh, Teddy can keep up this this hot streak of of distance throwing. David, thanks for joining me today. Hope you enjoy the weekend. Yes, thanks, John. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll be back on Monday.